0: your perfect home sweet home. So it's 2019, everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, JR Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're
1: is on the phone. He is a family man, a businessman, and the author of The Common Sense Bowl: The Keys to the Good Life Before and During Retirement. He is also one of the partners in the Key Advisors Group, LLC, located in the state of Delaware. It's an independent financial advisory company that focuses on providing customized retirement planning strategies that are, des- that are designed to work towards meeting each client's specific goals. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Eddie Gabor.
2: Thank you so much for having me on your show.
1: Well, it's good seeing you on, you see you on TV all the time, Eddie. You know, my, you know, you're a good looking guy. I guess that's why they keep you on TV, or oh, you're a smart guy. What uh, why, why uh, you want?
2: I don't know. That's up for debate.
1: <laughs> well, it's not the debate with your wife because she married you, okay? That's right. <laughs> and your son's happy because they're good looking young men, too. Uh, how you, you doing today? You're in the state of Delaware. Uh, Delaware, is that is that a tax state, or uh, do they charge income tax in the state of Delaware, or is it, or is it a tax free state?
2: yes there is income tax on in delaware but there's no sales tax okay and their property taxes are very very low in the state of delaware and in the area that i live in which is uh lewis beach area Mm -hmm. is becoming one of the fastest growing areas per capita in the country for retirees because of how low the cost of living is so we're getting a ton of people from new york new jersey connecticut uh dc area that are actually moving to the small state of delaware for those economic reasons
1: now what benefit what what How would that benefit the state of Delaware, an older population coming into the state of Delaware like that?
2: Well, one of the biggest things that helps Delaware is when a lot of the real estate transactions brings a tremendous amount of revenue to the state of Delaware because they charge a transfer tax of 4% Mm. uh, for every property that's bought or sold. So you can imagine with all the people moving to the state of Delaware – Uh, those transactions do generate quite a bit of revenue, and they tax the pensions at the state level, too. So that brings in state income tax for the Mm. state of Delaware.
1: Okay, that's how you're working. So, my friend, I read your book, enjoyed the book, but one of the big takeaways I got from the book was that you really, I think have a clear understanding how to balance your family and your professional life. Is that correct?
2: That is exactly correct and I haven't always I didn't always have that perspective. When I first got in the business 20 years ago, I was just so focused on my career and uh frankly accumulating a, a strong net worth that I did not have a balance in my life. And then I started getting coaching, professional coaching uh on myself for my business and my personal life, and it was a game changer. Not only do I have more balance, but my income and net worth went up. It was crazy how it works. But yes, yeah, so I try to really focus and coach on our clients is to have that balance in life. Because uh, to be blunt, I've met a lot of wealthy people who are miserable because they don't have that balance.
1: Well, we're on the phone with Eddie Gabor. He's the uh, author of the book, the common sense bull The keys to the good life before and during retirement. Um, I, I really appreciate you saying that about, it cause I, I struggle with having a balanced life. I just I, I success was my priority. So when I, when I meet a young man like you who uh, who figured it out, you know, I didn't figure it out at your age, <laughs> so congratulations!
2: Thank and you so much. Just, with a lot of help and mentoring, for sure.
1: Yeah, and it, it really is, and also uh, I guess you have to trust yourself too. I think trust is involved in that process too, because it's about not wanting to miss out on an opportunity or feeling that you will miss out on an opportunity if you don't, if you don't stay committed, if you don't stay on the grind. So when you say mentoring and the, mat- the degree of maturity and acceptance of your role with your family and all well as your business, because you have a business partner. Who also trust you as well we get we'll get into that in a minute but i just want to just just expound a little bit more on that that balanced life because i because you mentioned it in your book you know your your pictures of your your families in the book you you talk about your two sons in your book you, and it, that is it, amidst all the great information you talk about uh in finances and how to balance yourself uh, and get ready for retirement as well as living the current life that you have now but that, that, that really stood out for me, and I thought I wanted to let you expound just a little bit more on that. How did you figure it out, you know?
2: Well, you know, I figured it out, like I said, when I, when I got some coaching and talking about balance, and I actually talked to some really successful people that told me that when they started to focus more on a balance, that they actually were more productive at work. And that productiveness when they were there, so maybe per hour every week, we're not working as many hours as we were in the beginning when we're trying to grind and not miss out on opportunities to your point. And I used to always think, well, if I'm not in my office grinding, my competition is, I'm losing out on opportunity. And what I found out was by having more balance in my life, I did not I was more productive working less hours. And I know it's hard for someone to conceptually think about that, but you're sharper, you're happier. And that shows you'll have opportunities that come across your desk that you probably would not have seen otherwise because you were blinded by other things. And I think as a father, one of the biggest rewards is watching my kids grow and trying to raise them in a way that will be proud of them and give them security and success—not just financially, but as a family. You know, so there's many people that probably look back at their business careers and say, boy, I wish I would not have missed my son's football game or baseball (laughs) game due to that meeting. And so I made their priority. Mm -hmm. My clients understand it. I work my business schedule around my kids' schedule. I coach them in football. I coach them in baseball. I do not miss any of their uh, trips uh, at school. And frankly, I take that same family approach with our clients. And our clients know that when they come, if we take them on as a client, that they're going to get that same treatment as if they are family because family is my top priority. And hopefully the goal long-term is it will mold my kids into being good people and successful as well too.
1: That as well said, my friend. Let's talk about you uh, figuring it out at such a young age. At the age of 22, uh, Prudential is where you was employed by your our current business partner, Doug. And uh, two years later, he decided to make you a business partner.
2: Yes, uh, I always joked with him and said, "Boy, your family and friends probably thought you were nuts to trust someone in their <laughs> early twenties with only two years of experience to be a full business partner." Um,
1: now he was forty-two he at the time, a lot right?
2: To lose than I did. I didn't have a dime to my name. I mm-hmm. did not have mm-hmm. kids or a wife. So to me. I had no idea the risk that I was taking by just going out on my own and saying I'm not going to have any paycheck unless I generate it myself. Uh, But frankly, because of that trust he put in me, Mm -hmm. it put a lot of pressure on myself and my drive was to make sure that he did not look like he made a foolish decision. So my business partner, Doug Ferris, is one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. He's like a big brother to me and we have been working together for 20 years, and I think looking back now, his risk hopefully he feels has paid off, Mm -hmm. and it's just been a wonderful business relationship Uh, because when you're running a business, It's not all rose petals. I know some people think that it is, but there's lots of challenges that you face on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis. And having that support system around you with not only a good staff, but in my scenario, a business partner that I can talk to openly uh, and has mentored me because he's 19 years older than I am, Mm -hmm. uh, I owe a tremendous a tremendous amount of credit to our success to him, because he took a big risk on me. Uh, he trained me. He taught me everything he knows, and I tried to just take that and take our company to the next level.
1: Oh, you know, the big generation nowadays is the millennial generation, you know, that, as some people say, the know-it-all generation. Here, here you, you came on board at 22. He actually hired you to come yeah. to work at Prudential. And two years later, what do you think the qualities, I'm sure you've discussed this, but just want to hear my listening and my viewing audience what do you think the qualities that he saw in you that made him want to make you a business partner?
2: I think what he saw in me is my drive. Like I had my football coach used to tell me he had a saying, and their saying was refuse to lose. And so I try every day when I come to work, I think about that saying because, to me, business is a lot like athletics. And I was really big into athletics in high school. And so when I first got into the business, you know, I – was pretty successful very early on, and because I took that very competitive nature uh, that made me a decent athlete in high school to the business world, and I think he saw that. I mean, I was the first one in the office in the morning. And I was mm-hmm. the last one out because, again, my whole focus in my early 20s was trying to be as successful as I could be financially. And I knew in order for me to do that, I had to be willing to put in the time and effort no matter what obstacle was thrown at me and use the things that he taught me to try to win. And that's what I look at every single day. You're either going to be a winner or you're going to be a loser. Not everyone gets a trophy.
1: That's true. That's absolutely true. But there's, there's, a, there's comp- competition out there, and I – When I I started reading your book, good book, by the way, I recommend anybody uh, who wants to understand the value of of, of, of how. One thing I liked about the book was that you you broke down uh, terminology, which I think is a big fear factor for a lot of people when they're trying to look at what to do with their money, especially when you start looking at the stock market. I feel if you read this book, the book I'm referencing is The Common Sense Bull, The Keys to the Good Life before and during retirement, is that you want to go and talk to anybody. And you, you, you recommend talking to a financial planner or somebody in regards to stocks or insurance or anywhere they can take their money and just don't leave it in the savings account. that just sits there and does nothing. So what drove you to write this book, Eddie?
2: Well, um, the main my main motivational factor behind this is I see the numbers statistically, of the amount of people that are not where they want to be financially. Right. And to me, this thing, the, this comes naturally to me, and I love it and have a true passion. And for the same reason why I love coaching sports, because mm-hmm. I love teaching people and watching the growth, is one of the passions I have in this business is the educational piece. Mm-hmm. And the concept of this book is to write it in a term that everybody understands. So my motivation was hopefully – to not only educate people but motivate them to actually move forward because people may think I'm crazy when I say this, but becoming financially independent is actually very, very easy. People become intimidated because some of the things they'll say they don't understand. And I try to put this book in in levels that everyone can understand because with the right team around you and a disciplined approach – Anyone, whether your income is 30000 or $30 million, whatever your income is per year, you can become financially independent, and don't be intimidated by it. And I hope that when they read this, they'll say, oh, okay, a light goes off and says, you know what, I can do this, and I'm going to put the right team around me to hold myself accountable, so that way... When I'm in my 50s or in my 60s, I'm doing what I want to do, traveling at the beach, on the golf course, whatever it may be, and my money is working for me. I'm not working for the money.
1: Well, that's very true, and um, a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people are, a lot of people do have that uh, keep the money under the mattress philosophy, keep the money in the bank, you know, and the bank's not doing anything for you. If you just you got to send in a checking account or a savings account, it is not doing anything for you. When we come back, I, one of the one of the chapters that really hit home for me was what is investing. When we come back, we're going to have more uh, conversation with my man Eddie Gabor. He's uh, located in the, in the state of Delaware. He has a great book uh, called The Common Sense Bowl: The Keys to the Good Life Before and During Retirement. You're listening to a money making conversation. Don't go nowhere. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. On the phone is the co-owner and the managing partner of Key Advisors Group located in, uh, in the state of Delaware. He graduated from York College of Pennsylvania with a degree in economics and finance. In 1988 he began a successful career in financial planning with Prudential. That is where he met his business partner, Doug. He not only met him, but he was hired to work at Prudential by his future business partner. In just two years of outstanding work, his business partner looked over the, looked across the room and said, you know something? I want to be in business with you, young man. Uh, despite this 19-year <laughs> age difference and Eddie being nervous and wondering why is he selecting this youthful guy with no, no responsibility in life but making money. And guess what? They're successful. And along the way, uh, Eddie has discovered that uh, you can win with a balanced life. And he's trying to teach us that we can win too with his new book, The Common Sense Bull, The Keys to the Good Life Before and During Retirement. Eddie, what is investing?
2: So investing is, you know, a lot of people just think about dollars and cents when it comes to investing. And in the book, uh, when I, on that chapter, I talk about my first big investment was my education. Mm -hmm. and that's why I hope the listeners will invest in themselves and educate themselves with this book, The Common Sense Bull, because education is power. The more that you know and understand, the more powerful you'll be and more prepared you'll be. Uh, So investing is in the form of educating yourself, investing in yourself, but then investing for your future. I mean, I talk about in the book, I talk to my kids about this, and they're young, I talk to everyone, is, look, if you sacrifice a little bit today, for a brighter future financially, you will thank yourself a million times over by the time you retire. Because, see, we're in a society today of social media, of keeping up with the Joneses, that it's all about material things. And my point is this. Don't go buy those fancy cars all the time. So that way the perception is that you are wealthy. Mm -hmm. Take a little bit off the table and invest in yourself and in your future. And then when those people who are trying to be flashy are still working and you're retired... You will be the one that wins at the end of the day.
1: But Eddie, come on, man! It's the flashy car, though. It looks good. Come the watch. What type of watch? What, what what brand watch do you wear, Eddie? What, what brand? Do
2: I wear? Actually, I uh, bought a. I have an Apple. um See? An Apple Watch, mm-hmm. and I also have an Omega Watch.
1: See, Eddie, that's kind of like up there. That's not a Timex. It's not a time. No, day. it's not, it's not a time. Actually. You know, <laughs> it you is not. You don't gotta, you know, I not know I'm teasing you because you're absolutely correct. A lot of people do uh, they go out there and they spend money that they should be saving. They lease when they should buy and they also and they don't know how to invest. So I remember at a very young age, it was this young man I was working at Tentacle Pipeline. And he was and he was kind of telling me at 25, just put $50, just put $50 away a month. Just come on Rashawn, just put $50 away. And I wasn't hearing him. I I couldn't understand how I could pull together $50, but I could pull together $50 for that pair of pants. I could pull $50 together for that date. I could find that $50 for that, (laughs) but I couldn't find that $50 for my future. Is that the problem? We just keep making excuses
2: for our future. It is. It is. And that's why I say I don't care what somebody's income level is. Being financially independent is easy, but the hard part is the discipline behind it, okay? Uh, There's a book called Millionaire Next Door, and basically the whole premise of that book is there are people walking around that you probably think are broke because they don't have the fancy car, they don't have the fancy suits, they don't have the fancy watches, but what they do is they have a fancy bank account. (laughs) <laughs> they don't have to work anymore because they didn't live high on the hog. They lived within their means, and they invested and paid themselves first. And so there's a balance. You can still have really nice things, but as long as you do your work first. If you're not paying yourself first, you're doing yourself a disservice because at the end of the day, we all work really hard at what we do. And what a shame it would be to put in 40, 50 years of work and have nothing to show for it other than some old clothes and an old vehicle and some nice watches.
1: Yes, that's true. That's not a lot to show for it when you're 70 years old because you can't eat that watch, you know. That's right. You cannot. I've tried. It just tastes that good. Now, here's a question I wanted to ask you about the whole process of, uh, you know, because I I joked about my situation, but that really is a problem of how you can, how do you convince as a financial planner, what age group generally comes and speaks to you? What age group generally comes and speaks to you?
2: So here's the unfortunate thing. Um, and I, I look at it as unfortunate from an industry and a population perspective is most of my clients are 50 and above. These are people that get it and understand it and grew up in an era that there was no buying everything on a credit card and financing. If you don't have the money to buy it, you don't buy it. So my clients that I meet with, I've learned so much from them over the last 20 years because they are financially independent. And I don't get a lot of younger people coming in here because they're not interested in it or they're too busy when I try to talk to somebody about it. They're too busy with their everyday lives. And I get it. I mean, my kids have baseball, football, lacrosse schedules. Our schedules are nuts. But most of the younger generation, they'll spend more time planning for their vacation than they will their financial future. And so it's difficult because – they don't see the motivation because to them, they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s. They've got, you know, 60-some years old and 70 years old seems like a lifetime away for them. Mm-hmm. And they don't take the time to educate and invest in themselves. So it's not an easy conversation. And how I try to convince them is really by showing them numbers because people are smart enough if they have all the information. The problem is, is motivating them to actually take that step, educate themselves, and sit down with someone like myself uh, that can help them get to where they want to be financially
1: and and how do they list how, how do they, you know because you know when you get 50 there's a window then as a very short window starts coming up on on uh, your life expectancy so yeah. how do you look at them when you start talk, talking about because i remember you have a conservative you have a risky or how you look know, at accelerated because you you know when you're younger you can do a more conservative approach when you get older they have those little cutoff points when you start investing and so how do you approach that financial planning when you meet somebody in their 50s? Or do they come in already with a sense of what they want to spend or what they want to do with their lives and you're just shaping it?
2: It's a balance of both. You know, I see both uh, both scenarios. And what we try to do is really find out what they need in income to maintain the standard of living that they want. And we let that drive what type of portfolio you should have. Because when you're in your 50s and in your 60s, you don't want to roll the dice with your entire future that you just saved 30-plus years of salary into. So you do have to be a little bit more cautious from an investment perspective because you have a lot more to lose when you're in your 50s and 60s. Now, someone who doesn't have anything saved and they're trying to get to financial independence – Sometimes they, if they want to get there, they may have to take more risk to get to where they need to be because they've got a lot of catching up to do. And that's why we try to educate people on, look, the sooner you start, the less catch-up you have to make and the less risks you really have to take to achieve that financial independence. So we really try to customize the investment strategy based off of the income need of the individual client. And I talk about that in the book as well, too, is, not, is there is no cookie-cutter approach to financial planning. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Everyone has their own scenario, and it should be customized to their specific needs and family
1: goals. I know that that really makes a lot of sense. Here's, here's a statement that always um, I've always been uh, trying to, I guess, uh, understand. What is financial independence when you reach a certain age? What, what's that comfort zone? Well, help me out with that because I know that um, if you live in a certain lifestyle, Then guess what? Property taxes don't get cheaper, you know. Electricity doesn't get cheaper. So I know a different, different, different wealth groups. That statement of financial independence means something. What is what is that statement when you said it? Because you just said in your conversation a, a minute ago, you said financial independence. What is that,
2: Eddie? So to me, financial independence, there's not a number on it. You know, I get this this question a lot. How much money do I need to be retired? And I'll look at them and say, I know nothing about you. I don't know what you spend. I don't know what your lifestyle is. So I can't answer that. That's why I say it's not a one-size-fits-all. So to me, financial independence is when your investments and your Social Security or pension or whatever you have are generating more income each year then you need to maintain your standard of living. That means you never have to work again. Right. That's financial independence and I have some clients who have a very modest lifestyle so they need less than someone who has a more flashy lifestyle to achieve financial independence. Uh, But the one thing with financial independence that's consistent across the board on all net worth categories is the sense of accomplishment and happiness that you see when someone has reached that level because they know, you know what, I've been grinding for so many years and now I have finally won the game of finance, and that's what it's all about.
1: Well, and um, I understand that because I'm still trying I'm, – I'm still – sometimes I don't know when to stop you know because you keep you know you keep raising your bar on the lifestyle I want to live so I just keep working how do you how does a guy like me shut down I just need to call you Eddie and just sit down with you what, what's, just give me a call man I,
2: I, I'll take care of you I, I really do I, I think <laughs> no, I, it's hard look I think anyone that has uh, you know is entrepreneurial minded like yourself you know I always I have a challenge with that myself I always tell myself I don't I'm no, I don't ever seem satisfied like right. in anything no matter what accomplishment you get it's like okay Okay, I've done that. Now I need to raise the bar again and try to get there. So that's the toughest part because our brain is a muscle and our brains are kind of triggered in a way and work in a way that an entrepreneurial that is just so driven that it's very difficult. Um, and so what I try to do is I do, I sit down with my wife. Mm-hmm. We do this every year. And we try to sit there and paint the picture of what we want our lifestyle to look like at some point in time in our life. And that's what we have to constantly try to evaluate and then get to a point where it's like, okay, how much is enough? And it is It's a very, very difficult (laughs) thing, especially for entrepreneurs, because they live in a world that is just so highly competitive and trying to grow their business that they have this sense of insecurity a lot of Mm -hmm. failing. And that fear of failure is actually a good thing, but it can also hurt you because you just get so consumed by it that... It's never enough, you know. I look at myself ten years ago versus now. I mean, if I if our business was what it was now, and you told me that ten years ago, I'd probably say, "All right, that's probably enough for me." I know that's but- right.
1: Hey, Eddie, I want to thank you for calling on my show. He has a great book, "The Common Sense Bull: The Keys to the Good Life Before and During Retirement." Eddie, I'll be in Delaware in September, but I want to see you before then. You keep winning, okay? Please do. Thank you.